Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you, sir? This is our first podcast since the state championships, it feels like. This is our first off-season podcast, and it's, it's kind of been a while. It has been a while. We wanted to let everything simmer down. I know we hit it hard with the podcast through the playoffs. We wanted to give it a little rest, um, decompress a little bit. And I, you know, I, I feel a bit empty, Kyle. I feel a bit empty inside. <laughs> oh, well, thank goodness we're going to be able to record. And I, I know we got a, a lot of good stuff we want to jump into and, and talk about. But, of course, we got we to... Gotta- go through our our checklists and we always start off with uh thanking our spilling and dealing podcast sponsor sportal space sportal space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on open table or a hotel on expedia check out sportal space every practice every game and with that having been said kyle we just said it, it's been about three weeks, give or take, since the last championship game and thus the end of the 2017-18 GHSA basketball high school season. Probably the last time we'll get to say that phrase that we've gotten so adept at saying. Um, the dust has settled a bit, and so what sticks out to you from this last season, Kyle? Um, well, I think there was a lot of parity in the regular season uh, across most of those classifications, Class A private, 7A for the most part, 2A was always my favorite to follow. So I think there was a lot of parity, but when we came to the state tournament, uh, I feel like uh, the, the teams that always win usually win and move on very far. There weren't too many great surprises. Now we had a couple of those championship matchups that happened in the Elite Eight, and that's just how the bracket lays out. I know there's be push formation to have a one through 32 seating or something like that. And I don't know. I think it's, it's a long shot of it getting turned out that way. I mean, you just look at college basketball. I'm sure a couple of these teams didn't want to see each other that early. Um, Duke and I guess they played Kansas and all that stuff. I'm sure they felt like they could have met in the, in the title game, but that's just the luck of the draw, and I think it comes to some strategy. I know you always want to win. You always want to win your region championship. That's always going to put you in the best position, but sometimes it's not the end of the world to keep an eye on what's going on elsewhere and say, well, that might be a tougher road for us, maybe this, that, and the other. But uh, I think the parity was high in the regular season, postseason uh we saw what we expected to happen of course you have your you know mckeecher not winning stuff like that uh but to sum it all up it's very very difficult very hard to win a state championship in the state of georgia especially in class 7a where your quote-unquote favorite almost never wins it feels like but overall i think it was a it was a very good season and it kind of stinks at the state championship games what 12 out of like the 16 were decided by 10 points or more but I felt like the quality play was very good throughout the season, and uh, it was another successful season. 
Is there anything that surprised you, Kyle, or is there anything you saw in these last couple of weeks that's going to change your opinion of uh, the eighteen nineteen season? Uh, I, I hear about a couple coaches trying to come back and take over some programs. I think everyone has their their eyes locked in at what's going to happen at Marietta, and it sounds like the same a same candidate that we thought was going to. Uh, potentially take that holy innocence job might be resurfacing but again everything's rumors i talked to you know you talk to five different people you hear usually five different names but there was one name that was collaborated and whatever corroborated uh by everybody and the same name popped up so there's some really big big heavy hitters going for that marietta uh position and i hear that marietta the the tuition might be uh, lowered so it's going to be more affordable for people in that Cobb County area to send their kids there so if they get a big time coach or someone that has a lot of clout especially in the the youth basketball high school basketball circles that could change a lot of things and you could quickly see Marietta turn into a uh, a powerhouse and kind of use that uh, that city school saying like a, a Buford and Carrollton, not too much on basketball. You know, city schools always have a, a little bit of an advantage there. Um, probably a big advantage, but that's something important. And then I want to see what happens with the transfers. I've heard a couple names. Eric Coleman Jr. apparently is leaving Kings Ridge, uh, Kings Ridge Christian to go to Buford. <laughs> we just mentioned city school stuff. Um, so if that's true, that's going to be a really big, big lift right there. 6'6", six, six, Division One four. that's versatile. Um, here there might be a, a big 6'9", 6'10", center that could potentially be on the move, switching GHSA school. So that'll be interesting to watch. And I want to see if the trend continues. Last year the trend was everybody was leaving the state. I want to see if it goes back to more people coming into the state and everybody staying in the state and shuffling around. So the the two biggest things to keep an eye on is the coaching carousel and then that transfer list, which uh, starting to collect a couple names that we're going to wait just a little bit longer till we uh, go out and uh, put that online. And so this is, of course, not our usual podcast, but there was a tad bit of basketball after the state championships, the GACA All-Star Games. Kyle, you were there. Give us a short rundown, please. Uh, the first three games were competitive, so you have your junior and senior girls, north versus south, and then junior, senior boys, north versus south. First three games were very competitive. Um, the all-star game for the senior boys was just like an NBA all-star game. was not not much to see, a couple dunks here and there, and just no defense, and that's not really what I like. But junior girls game, uh, it was a good game. A couple players stood out. Kaylee Sticker of Dawson County. Looked uh, looked very good, six foot wing, very athletic. So she was impressive. Saw a sleeper into Maya Alford from uh, Lamar County. I thought she showed very well. Uh, had the big girl, the MVP, India Bellamy from Dutchtown was very impressive. Uh, but not too much senior girls game. I mean, we don't have to talk too much about that. Every, I mean, all these girls for the most part are all signed, sealed, and delivered. But Taylor Hosendove had 23 points, 15 rebounds, and lost. She was a an MVP along with uh, Tori Osment, who is just she's definitely a, a top five player in the state. And I, I feel like sometimes she can somehow get overlooked, but she is going to be so good at Michigan State. And uh, junior boys game, Jackson Etter again, the 
<laughs> just just keeps winning, keeps making plays, keeps taking the uh, this, the the state by storm. I think he's really solidified himself as a a high uh, a high academic Division one player. So Rice, Lipscomb, Furman, uh, schools like that have all checked in on him, and I think he's going to continue to trend upwards. Uh, even though Edouard is definitely going to presumably take a step back from uh, this year's great season. And Hunter McIntosh was another high academic player who was fantastic. He won MVP as well with 28 points. And then in the senior boys game, um, you know, not not too much to talk about. 144-142 was a two-point game, but Chris Gardner – uh, he was great down the stretch with 27 points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals. But uh, he was one of the few kids that actually tried to bring it on both ends of the court the entire game. So Chris Gardner from Westover, he really rose his stock in that uh, that senior All Star game. Kyle, did you say 144 to 142? Are we playing team golf here? Uh, n- no, we're we're playing basketball without any defense being played. So. All the I'm just glad the the first three games they they played defense they they were competitive but uh, once Samanzi Nugamezi tried to uh, throw it off the rim on a free throw attempt and try and dunk it you knew everything from there on out was going to be uh, okay we're just we're just going to try and add some stuff to the mix that we're not going to really try and compete or play basketball they 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 brought it for the last two minutes but. Uh, that was it. It was just uh, just to have fun out there and make sure no one got hurt, no feelings got hurt. And uh, Devin Vassell had the the highlight of the night with a uh, a big time facial dunk on the aforementioned Nugamezi. So that sums up the senior game. Not too much to talk about other than a lot of points being scored. We'll move on, Kyle. This is something that happened during the state playoff uh, tournament. I want to say pretty early on, first second round. You tweeted something and. It kind of caught my eye because of the amount of retweets and interactions and likes it had. I don't have the tweet in front of me. It's so far back now, but it wasn't about basketball. It was about parental involvement and how parents are sometimes too involved and they, you know, sometimes they, they try to live too vicariously through their kids. And that the, what just struck me about the tweet was how much it seemed to resonate with so many people. And what was going through your mind, if you remember that tweet, first of all, and what was going through your mind when you tweeted that? Well... Uh, I kind of remember what you're you're talking about with that tweet. Maybe I'll be able to pull it up through my analytics while we're while we were talking. But that's one of the things. Um, parents, you you would love to see parents involved in their kids' lives, of course, and you want them to support them. But at one point, do you get so you know? I think it was about being delusional and these parents just saying this kid is the the best point guard the state's ever seen silly stuff like that like okay that's great you're supporting them but you're not really setting this kid up for uh for the real world when you you know everything is with rose colored glasses and you're the best you're the best ever and all this stuff and it's like you're you're not you got to be realistic like it is okay to, it's not being negative it's you know criticism it's being honest okay no one's perfect everyone's going to have flaws i would rather say hey we got to work on this we got to work on this we got to work on this and say you're the greatest at this you're the best at that you're gonna be a high major superstar division one player you're going to the nba all that stuff uh i don't know if that's considered tough love it might be nowadays since everything has changed over you know 25 26 years i've been on the planet i'm sure you know date that back 30 to 40 years it's even different that goes for what coaches can say on the sidelines just 
just what you can say in your everyday life, everything is okay. Don't say that. You're going to offend me and I'm going to offend you and this, that. And we, we just got to coincide and live together. But uh, I think that's a societal thing that we need to keep an eye on. But yeah, you, you want to support your kids, but let's not try and blow smoke and just look crazy, you know, blindly supporting them. Let's be okay. I'm very proud of my son, but we can be proud and not be, you know, leading the bandwagon, banging on drums and saying all this crazy stuff. But I think it is important that, okay, we got to take a step back. There's always areas for improvement. We got to stack up those 1% better every single day. But if you just tell your kid or just tell everyone, oh, yeah, he's 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 the best. He's already a superstar. I don't think that's setting them up well for basketball after school, for life after school. Can they handle adversity? Can they handle the real world where someone you go into work and your boss says, hey, you didn't meet your quota this week? Um, you know, stuff like that. You're going to get hammered down on that because you've just been told you're the best and you're the best and you're the best. We got to be honest with our, our kids and just with everybody in general. That doesn't mean – you know, talk down and say, you suck. I hate you. You got to get better at this, blah, blah, blah. It's constructive. We got to be able to build each other up together. But in doing so, we have to be honest. And so I think we have a somewhat unique perspective. I mean, I am on the Sandy Spiel Twitter account. I see some of it, you know, some of the DMs and emails and whatnot that come in. But I think you get a lot more of it directed to you. And as a member, we cover, obviously, Georgia high school basketball and you do rankings and all that. What are the types of interactions you have with parents? Well, I, I just found that tweet. So it was, there are way too many parents that are delirious about their kids' abilities. Very dangerous. Not setting them up for the real world. Sad. And uh, usually it, it just differs. Um, sometimes they'll, they'll ask me about, hey, what is your advice for exposure for so-and-so what what's a good showcase tournament to go to a showcase event uh what do you you know very rarely though do i i hear what can so-and-so improve on it's more about uh just trying to okay can you help us get into this showcase event or something like that which is that's that's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all you want to help with the exposure and it's not like i'm a uh 20 year coach and trainer that could tell you, yeah you got to improve on this this that and the other so i'm not i'm not expecting that but um that's that's usually it um sometimes we get the the, the very misinformed people that try and use the i guess this is more so with the rankings and stuff in the the um, south georgia bias or the no what, what whatever they say and then if like that's those are the things that bother me the most and they're the dumbest ones but they're the ones that bother me the most when it's just like okay it has no no backing to it whatsoever this is just ridiculous to say oh south george savannah gets no love and then you look oh they had like six or seven players on the all state you know first team second team honorable mention combined which is probably um the most in the state or like one, two selections below, but you're going to complain about Savannah not getting the recognition they deserve. Just don't say stupid stuff like that. If you can't back it up, like just read on the website and you're going to look, you're just going to feel really dumb about what you say. There's no bias here. When I'm driving three hours to go see this basketball game or two hours up North or, 
when I'm driving four hours down south the coffee and then getting back home at one or two a.m. in the morning, you, you're still going to tell me that I'm biased and I don't cover South Georgia. Um, again, don't say stuff if you haven't been able to to read the website and uh, understand that I'm here for the kids. I'm not. I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't get uh, paid to do this. Um, with you know, with Sportal Space now, but this is that's a different entity. This whole website, when I created SandySpill.com, this was to help get exposure for everybody, everybody, for the kids, for the programs, the people doing it the right way, the little people, the people you don't hear about in the AJC or Metro Atlanta. There's a lot of good basketball, north, south, east, west, middle Georgia, all over the state of Georgia. And I just want to be a central hub to be a mouthpiece, be a voice for everybody and to connect the dots and help college coaches for these, you know, even these the, the, the players, the programs, everybody just see their name out there and it, it helps out on multiple levels. So there's never, ever, ever any bias where it says, oh, I don't like South Georgia. Now, if you want to say I, there's no bias, but if I haven't seen a South Georgia team and they don't have a very rich history, it's going to take me a little bit longer to say that I'm 100% a believer in them. I was a believer in coffee this entire season, and I had them in the rankings for a majority of the season. I even went down to go check on them and see how they did, and they lost to Tiff County in that game. But they proved what I thought. They're a really good team, and I, I, I kept them in there the whole time. So it's important to, to pass the eye test. That's very important, and sometimes it is difficult when you're four hours away. But just because I haven't seen a team, I mean, if I see the results and I see you're beating teams by 20 points every single game and 30 points and you got some good players, just because I haven't seen a team or you're three hours or four hours away, there's no bias, and I'm not going to rank them lower just because I haven't seen them. It would be nice to see all these teams, but no one is able to see all the teams. There's about 434 schools in the state of Georgia. There's a lot of basketball being played and I'm doing the best I can to be able to see everything. So that kind of probably went on a tangent and went off the rails a little bit for you, Ramin. But at the end of the day, I, I just, I never want to hear anything about bias because you check all the, the works and you see, okay, you got Morgan County ranked number one for the entire year. You got John Savannah in the top three throughout the year. Glenn Hills and Augusta was ranked number one. The, that's pretty much covers the whole freaking map right there. So there's never a bias just because it's closer, closer to home. And, uh, I, I might even say if it's closer to home, especially in my neck of the woods, and if I've seen them a few times, I might even grade them just a little bit tougher, a little bit harder, because I have seen them so many times, and I do know where their flaws are. On to the next topic. Um, this was one that we debated going back and forth whether we're going to put it in an earlier podcast. It did happen during the season, but... We were so focused on delivering the previews and the recaps of what happened in the state tournament. We wanted to keep those podcasts pure, keep it just focused on the state championship. And so we're addressing it now. I'm referencing the Tucker girls debacle where they had some ineligible players. And then the GHSA ruled rather swiftly that they were not eligible. Bradwell Institute, other teams had to replay to figure out who. But Tucker girls was, they were kicked out of the bracket. And Kyle, what is your opinion on that? All right, I got a lot to say on this one, but I'll try and keep it somewhat short. My sources originally told me that there was no investigation that was actually formed. Um, uh, a lot of, I must tread lightly, but a lot of uh, 
um, anonymous emails were sent around and they were picked up. And we, we already know that, sir. I don't want to dig back into that. But from the other side of things, again, okay, they already – they had to have all this paperwork signed off for in the first place. And these girls have played the entire season now just because they're going to see one team. All of a sudden now they're, they're not allowed to play in the Elite Eight. I think that's a dangerous, dangerous precedent because, believe it or not, shocker, this is another one. I, I got the tweet right here. This is another one of my uh, tweets that got some uh, traction. Newsflash, Tucker isn't, wasn't the only team in Georgia that was playing with illegal recruited players if you want to disqualify them you might as well disqualify everyone else doing the exact same thing the state playoffs would look a lot different so you're gonna make an example out of tucker and this is this is not to slight tucker this is just being real this is just being honest tucker most likely was going to lose in the elite eight anyway tucker was not like some powerhouse megastar team like lovejoy thumped him by 30 once during the season like tucker was a nice team they were a team that floated in our probably like seven to ten range for most of the season in class six a that's the team you want to make an example out of that that's the team when you got other teams and i'm not allowed to say who it is because you know the hate mail i get death threats on my name on twitter when you say what is actually happening out there we don't like that i mean it's the the people that are usually doing the stuff the little you know uh, hiding in the shadows doing stuff that might be a little bit uh different than what most of the schools do those are usually the ones that don't really don't really love what I say, so that's why I try and steer clear of even talking about the subject. But uh, if you're, you're going to take down Tucker, you're going to have to take down a lot of other programs, a lot of other schools. We got freaking four five-star guys transferring in middle of the season. Just so happening, transferring from one nationally ranked program to another nationally ranked program. I'm sure it was just it just coincidence but you know we're not going to say anything about that but the poor Tucker girls who okay again we're just being honest here we're not trying to be mean they weren't going to win a state championship and they weren't really you know elite eight maybe a final four that was probably their ceiling final four at the very best was probably their ceiling but we're going to kick them out and we're going to let other stuff go on and I mean again if you if the GHSA really was serious about this and they really wanted to jump on in Hey, that sandyspiel.com place, they got a pretty decent transfer list every single year. They had like 120 transfers last year. And if it's if it's just one year, I understand, you know, you might have your random school pick up three transfers one year and it might not even do anything because usually it's when it, when it's a case like that, you're not getting four and five star guys. And just, uh, you know, I played Biden's game on the varsity here or JV player here and we just so happen to transfer schools or, you know, stuff like that. But if you want to track back to like three or four years of transfers, hmm, this particular school gets three to four players every single year. Why is that happening? Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it they built a program and the players are coming? Or is it the other way around? Are they coming there because of undue influence, undue influence, whatever they call it? Um, and that gets a little hairy because once you build a good program, it's obviously it's going to attract some 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 players and some talent there if that's the case i mean you better just be if you're a coach but 
you know, you better sit on your hands and you, you better just not talk to these kids and they'll just show up there on your doorstep, but you better not be having active discussions. Like I just heard with another player about these schools having active discussions about trying to, I don't want to say lure a player away, but just, I don't even know what the discussions are about, but just saying, Hey, yeah, X, Y, Z schools have all contacted me about potentially playing there. I'm hoping that it's just saying, I mean, we would love to have you there. I hope there's no money or monetary stuff exchanged, but this stuff happens. So again, if we're going to kick the Tucker girls out, uh, there's a lot of other schools that should be, you know, not shaking in their boots, but saying, Hey, uh, we better button this up just a little bit. If people are coming, it's going to have to be a real, you know, super real bonafide move. It's got to be the real deal. We're going to have to move into district and we can't be, doing anything shady to help them move. And if they just so happen to choose to move in the district and play for us, and we're just going to be very fortunate and we're going to be very lucky and we're going to just move on. But once you start getting into any money exchanging hands or, you know, I don't know, I, I tried, I don't even want to know all the dirty details of all that stuff. And I'm not interested in getting into it, but I know there's some, there's some interesting stuff that probably goes on, but, uh, it is scary, and that Tucker thing, that could be the opening of the door. But, again, I'll believe it when I see it. When I see some of these superstar programs get hammered down for bringing in seven transfers a year, then I'll believe it, not just Tucker girls who, you know, they already were going to meet their match anyway. Let me steer this back towards – so if we put aside the idea that it happened to a program that's not necessarily – that doesn't necessarily have a reputation for it, and all this other stuff aside, and we just look at the timing of when it happened. Do you think taking a team that was already in the state tournament and had already played a game and pulling them out was a fair time to do it? Everything else ignored? No, that was that was not fair. That's so terrible. And then you're putting Bradwell and I guess Grovetown in a position. Their season's over. They're probably moving on to track and field or what other you know soccer if they so happen to play soccer or any sports like that oh come on back come on back we're gonna play one game we already lost though in the first round so we're gonna get some sham uh advancement to the next round and then they're gonna go get slaughtered in the elite eight that was not fair to tucker uh and that's why i kept tucker in my my state rankings my final state rankings because guess what tucker's the only team uh outside of lovejoy in class 6a that ended the season without a loss. So not saying they would win again. I, I think they were going to enter that elite eight game as uh, an underdog uh, for for sure. But I think that was just terrible that you're going to yank them like the day before they were going to play just because you heard the, the squawking in your ear enough. I, I'm not trying to you know be an investigative journalist about this but from the one you know the the few people i talked to at the time of it they said there was no investigation and then tucker was going to appeal it and then they told him to just drop the appeal um it was a very very bad shame that they did that to the tucker girls and uh especially when you're you're that deep into the season and now those girls played that sweet 16 game and they're looking forward to their elite eight game those senior girls they had no idea Oh my goodness, that was my final high school basketball game. You took that away from them. They did not even know they played their final game. Uh, just just not good. Just not good at all, Ramin. 
You just to clarify one thing. You said Tucker tried to appeal from the rumors. I heard it was the county that told them to drop it, not the mm-hmm. GHSA. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, that 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 sounds correct. Yeah. But then also one more question. You kind of alluded to it earlier of it opening the floodgates, but I want to take this from a slightly different angle and this is kind of in my opinion a turning of the tide of the ghsa under the new executive director robin hines where we saw the reversal of the uh, john's creek playoff game with the video evidence and the did he touch third base or whatever that thing was and then now this taking some rather swift action do you think this is a sign of a new ghsa um again i feel like uh, i'll believe it when i see it i mean I, I do kind of feel like this is one of the 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 squeaky wheel gets the grease, and that wheel was squeaking like crazy when the Elite Eight matchups were set up, and um, they they acted swiftly on it. Did they act fairly? I'm not I'm not sure. Again, Tucker, if the players were illegal, shame on them. But again, okay, then shame on the GHA for letting them play the entire season, and then oh, just now we're gonna. We're gonna, you know, that's a, a slap on your wrist and a slap on their wrist. You let play with the legal players the entire time. What to do something about it? Uh, um, but I don't know. It would be interesting to see if they crack down that stuff. I mean, just how or how much more are they gonna do about it? And I guess they are trying to become a little bit more human there, listening to okay, what's going on? What's this? We're gonna, you know, do that like you just mentioned with I guess it was the baseball or whatever. We're gonna replay this, replay that, and we're we're gonna try and have the human ele- element and use some more common sense in our judging and rulings. But as far as that making a, a momentous change as far as transfers or anything goes and qualifying teams i still think this was probably just a blip in the radar and so we're gonna move on i appreciate your time kyle this got into a bit of a wide-ranging discussion as to what is coming up i do have a part two more or less of this podcast plan uh we'll probably have it in again in two weeks time for you as always i know you said it but we didn't have a lot of time we were pressed for time in our state tournament podcast ran long so on behalf of kyle and myself we'd like to thank everyone for following the twitter interacting with us checking the website on sandy spiel and of course listening to the podcast throughout the season we hope we're able to provide you with something you were able to learn something throughout the 17-18 season and um the off season kyle alluded to it earlier the coaching carousel and the transfer list will be going up shortly we'll start collecting names for that and that will be available on sandy spiel in probably a couple of weeks time as always um unless kyle you have something to add no i think you you hit the nail on the head we're going to continue to try and produce some high school basketball content and i'm going to try and get out to some of these some of these tournaments so we could have some fresh takes on things but again probably a bi-weekly podcast if that from now on but i know over me and you got your show sheets cranked up and we're going to continue to deliver as much good content as possible until the 2018-19 season rolls around that seems so far away but for now on behalf of kyle this is ramin signing off